going to read a verse here at the beginning, Annabelle, if we can get that up, please. Um, Mark chapter 10, verse 48. Uh, we used to be reading a verse at the beginning of the morning, but sometimes, sometimes we do. So that, and many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. We're going to pray one more time together. God's working here. And you want to see him carry that on. Jesus, we thank you for your spirit and your anointing on your presence that's here tonight. I pray in your name, Jesus, that you would continue to work through your word. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, God, strengthen us. I pray, God, draw us closer to you. In the name of Jesus, God, let your anointing continue to flow, I pray. In your name, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be seated if you like. I'm sorry not to be as long as it was this morning. Um, but uh, this is the story of Bartimaeus, and I've preached from him, from his story before. Um, it's found in... Um, Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you can find different versions of his story. We're going to use Mark's today. Um, surprisingly, it gives the most details. Mark's the shortest gospel, but he seems to like Bartimaeus, so we're going to use his story. Uh, it starts with uh, verse 46. It says, They came to Jericho, um, and as he went out of Jericho, it's Jesus with his disciples, and a great number of people Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And so the story opens and we find Jesus leaving Jericho when he's just outside the city. And there's a, a blind man begging. And this isn't an unusual sort of thing. There are beggars everywhere in those days. And there still are in certain parts of the world. Um, Jesus, he's got a huge crowd following him. This is the same sort of crowd that Zacchaeus had to climb a tree to see over. And here, on the side of the road, Mark says there's a, there's a man. And they called him Blind Bartimaeus. And what is incredible about that is, if you know what his name means, it doesn't mean anything. Bar means son of, like O in Ireland, or Mac, or Mick, or whatever. Or how the Swedish people like to put son at the end of all their names. Alfredson, Johansson, all these things. And, and um, even Fitz means the same thing. Fitzgerald means son of Gerald. And Simon Barjona means Simon the, the son of Jonah. Barnabas means the son of um, consolation. And so he says his name is Blind Bartimaeus, which means the blind son of Timaeus. He says Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus. It means... The son of Timaeus, the son of Timaeus. In case you weren't clear who he was. It was Timaeus' blind son. That's all we know. And Mark wrote this gospel for the, the Gentiles. And so if it seems repetitive to say that he was Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, it's because he's sort of explaining how their naming system worked. But Bartimaeus, he is a, a beggar. And in those days, they didn't have welfare. There were no options for a blind guy to get a paycheck or get a job. And... And um, when we were in Africa, we saw some folks that were severely handicapped and crippled, and they were begging just like in the, the Bible days because there wasn't much they could do. 
and, and there was no support system for them. We saw guys with twisted up legs pull themselves with on skateboards and they had flip flops so they didn't hurt their hands and, and things like that because there was no other systems in place where they were. And this is kind of like how it was. I know it's hard to, for us to picture um, where we are, but but that's what that's what it was like in those days. There was there was nothing you could do if you were born handicapped, crippled, blind, whatever. There, there wasn't much for you. And he is defined, and when we find him in the story, he is defined by his condition. They call him a beggar, and they call him blind Bartimaeus, as if there were other Bartimaeuses in the crowd, other sons of Timaeus, the sons of Timaeus. And we have this saying in our, our language that beggars can't be choosers. And we use it to say and mean pretty much that what you have in life is what you, what you get. Or deserve sometimes. You are, you are beggars, and so you can't expect more than what is being offered to you. Someone who is begging on the side of the road, they don't get to pick and choose what is given to them. They don't say, well, you don't give me that instead of what you gave me. They, they just take whatever it is that you give them. And that's where it comes from. It means you should be satisfied with what you have, even if it's not what you want or need. And we tell people, you know, that's your life, man. Get used to it. That's what you've been given. Suck it up. Deal with it. That's how it is. That's, that, those are the cards you've been dealt. You've got pain? Well, learn to live with it. You're an alcoholic? Well, that's what you'll be forever. You'll be addicted for the rest of your life. You, you've been hurt? Well, that's who you are now. Get used to it. You're a widow. You're divorced. You're, you're an addict. You're a, you're a beggar. You're blind. You're deaf. You're dumb. You're, you're a victim. You're, you've been abused. You have anxiety or, or depression. You've got, you've got baggage. And we define people based on what has happened to them. That's not who these people are. These are things that have happened to them. And we throw labels around based on things that have happened to them. Bartimaeus wasn't a beggar because of anything he did. This was just the life he had been born into. He wasn't blind because he had done something wrong. Life had dealt Bartimaeus a hand, and this was it. And everyone told Bartimaeus, this is who you are. Deal with it. Figure it out, man. Go beg on the side of the road. Do what all the other beggars do. Do what all the, all the other blind guys do. There's nothing we can offer you. Go ahead. This, this is Beggars can't be choosers. And the same sort of things can happen to us. And we get labeled sometimes by something that happens to us. And it slowly over time, we, we kind of take it on and it becomes our identity. You see this in the world. Everyone identifies as something. We get stuck in this sort of rut, especially nowadays with the, the victim mentality that we have in our society. We've got all kinds of different stories and experiences and backgrounds and in an effort to stand out or be unique, we unknowingly cling to these things and these experiences that happen to us and we use them to define who we are. And everything that happens to us is seen through this lens. But there's a problem with this victim mentality. D.A. Carson, a theologian, said this. He said, unfortunately, victimization convinces men and women who should be looking for a savior to search for a scapegoat. After all, if I'm not to blame for what I do, the cross is much ado about nothing. Victims do not need God, just a sympathetic therapist or a good lawyer. 
And when we take on that mentality, that's what we're doing. We're looking for someone else to blame. We don't want to address the issue. We don't want. To, we don't need a savior. We need someone to just. Oh, that's poor you, poor Bartimaeus. Oh, poor Wilma. Always picking on Wilma. Poor her. And it causes us to put our attention elsewhere instead of on Jesus. And for just about every other beggar out there, nothing would have changed. Because beggars can't be choosers. You've been dealt that hand, now play it. There's nothing you can do to change it. You have a disease, get used to living with it. Your heart's been broken, that's how it goes. You have an addiction, well, so does everyone else. You're, you, are, you have anxiety or depression, cope with it. Take some medication. You're, you know, you're, you're a beggar, beg. That's, that's your, the life you've been given. And we think that because this is how it is and this is how it will always be and it will never change. But Bartimaeus' story teaches us otherwise. It says in verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Bartimaeus heard it was Jesus because he was blind. He didn't see it was Jesus. He heard that it was Jesus coming and something happened inside of him. Something switched inside of Bartimaeus and he began to cry. I don't know what he knew about Jesus before. I don't know how much he had heard, but something happened this day. He heard that Jesus was going by and he began to cry out and he began to shout and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus made the choice to cry out. This was a decision that Bartimaeus made. The beggar became a chooser. Because no matter who you are, no matter what label has been put on you, no matter what has happened to you in your life, you can always choose to cry out to Jesus. You can always choose to call on the name of Jesus. And you can always make that choice today and maybe you've had a rough go and maybe you're in a tough spot and maybe life has dealt you a bad hand and maybe things haven't been very good lately and everyone is just telling you to live with it and deal with it and suck it up that's just how it is now but beggars you know beggars can't be choosers and i want you to know today that they are wrong because bartimaeus teaches us that beggars can be choosers. Your past does not determine the rest of your life. What you were born into does not determine your life. Your position right now does not determine the rest of your life. You can choose to call on the name of Jesus. That name above every other name. All power in heaven and earth is in that name. The only saving name. The only name that can heal and deliver. The name that causes demons to tremble. You can choose to call on that name today. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And verse 48 says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. No, Bartimaeus, be quiet. You're a beggar. You have no right to call on Jesus. You have no right to, to make this scene. You have no right to call for his attention. Beggars can't be choosers. This is who you are, Bartimaeus. You have no reason to do this. Be quiet. Maybe he heals other people, Bartimaeus, but he's not going to heal you. Maybe he delivers other people, but he's not going to deliver you. Maybe he forgives sins, but he's not going to forgive yours, Bartimaeus. Be quiet. And they told him to be quiet. And when we start calling on Jesus, whenever we start to make a move toward him, you're going to find that the voices start coming. 
And other people start saying things and stuff from the past likes to come back and the enemy starts to whisper things in your ear. You know, be quiet. Live with it. This is the, this is the hand you've been dealt. This is how your family is. Stop praying about it. Stop asking him about it. It's not going to happen. And maybe he heals people. Maybe he healed that person, but he's not going to heal you. And maybe he delivers people, but not you. You need to live with this. You need to deal with this. And maybe he does this for others. Who do you think you are? Just leave Jesus alone. He's got enough stuff to deal with. He only heals the special ones. He only meets the good ones. You're too far gone. You're a, you're a beggar. Don't, you don't get to choose. You're an addict. You're broken. You, you, you're a sinner. You're a mess. You don't get to choose. You have no... What do you think you are? Why are you doing this? And the voices come. You come from a long line of messes. You come from a family of sinners. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. Jesus doesn't care about you. Be quiet. Stop calling on his name. Stop praying. It's not doing anything. The voices start coming. This is what happens with Bartimaeus. But Bartimaeus had made a choice. Jesus was near and he was not going to let that pass by. And the Bible says he cried the more a great deal. Now, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus cried even louder. Louder than the voices. Louder than the critics. Louder than the crowd. Bartimaeus, he made a choice and he was sticking to it. He didn't have no idea how close Jesus was. He had no idea where he was. He just heard that he might be near. And so he starts crying out. And people, Bartimaeus, you need to stop it. He cried even more. And I love that about Bartimaeus. He cried even louder. When you decide I'm going to call on Jesus, the voices will come. And the doubts will come, stop it, it's no use, you'll say. And it's a very tempting to just stop and say, you know, I tried. I tried. It's tempting to just kind of quit. You know, I gave it a shot. I, I prayed and nothing happened and, and we give up. But Bartimaeus, he cried louder. And when the voices try to silence your prayers, pray louder. And when the doubters try to hold you back, cry louder. Make that choice. There's always a choice to push a little bit further or to quit. To cry a little bit harder or to stop. To keep going or to give up. To cry louder or be quiet. And if you're crying out to Jesus, you are never in the wrong. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what else is going on, there is never a wrong time to call on the name of Jesus. We always have time. And yes, I believe things need to be done decently in order. I believe all that. But if we need to stop everything, because someone needs to get a hold of Jesus, we'll stop everything. So someone get a hold of Jesus, because that's the most important thing. Amen. I received the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old in the middle of service. I prayed the whole time. I was like, I'm going to pray. I want to get the Holy Ghost tonight. I've had enough. I need it tonight. And as soon as the first song started, I started praying and I started worshiping and they didn't tell me to sit down, so I stayed up. They did the offering. Everybody sits down when you do the offering. And I was like, nope. They didn't say nothing. I'm going to keep standing. And I kept standing and kept praying. And then the preacher got up. And I was like, well, I'll just wait for him to read his verse and tell us to sit down. And I just kept my eyes closed, my hands up, and I kept praying. And he said, this guy's been praying the whole service. God wants to give him the Holy Ghost. We didn't even, we stopped. I ruined the whole service for everyone. I got the Holy Ghost. Like three other people got the Holy Ghost. We had one of those services. You know, there's always time to call out on the name of Jesus. And they told Bartimaeus to stop, but he cried 
louder. We can't allow people around us to affect our prayers. We shouldn't feel pressured from those near us to stop crying out to Jesus. We shouldn't allow others to influence our relationship with Jesus. There's always going to be someone telling you to tone it down and stop and be quiet and don't worship and you're making a ruckus and who do you think you are trying to do that for God? You need to stop, calm down. You're not this person or that person. Just I was in a service once in Ontario. I was clapping my hands. What the song? On beat. I know. It's a novel idea. I was doing it. And this lady in front of me, she turned around. And she said, will you stop it? I was like, no. No, I won't. There's always somebody. Anyways, I don't know if she came back or not. But there's always somebody getting upset about something. I find that if people aren't ever getting upset, they're probably not doing anything. Bartimaeus cried all the more. He was desperate. And desperate people don't care about the crowd. They don't care what other people think. They don't care about protocol. They don't care about the opinions of anyone else. The only thing they care about is getting to Jesus. You read all through the gospel, there's all kinds of people that got his attention because they were desperate. They didn't care what it they, there was a lady that I just got touched the hem of his garment. There's another guy saying, You don't even need to go, you just need to say the word. There's another, you need to come, kill my daughter while she's dead. Well, please come anyway. Like there's so many people that they're just desperate. They didn't care what anybody else said. And sometimes we just need to get a little bit desperate. And sometimes we need to cry out of, of desperation. The only thing God will never ignore is a desperate cry. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And what happens when he does that? He cries the more. It says, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise. He calleth thee. See how they changed? And Jesus responded to Bartimaeus' crying all the more. He said, call him, bring him to me. And the crowd, they just switched sides. They were like, Bartimaeus, shut it. And they're oh, come with us, Bartimaeus. We'll take you to Jesus. We've been on your side the whole time. <laughs> oh, Jesus wants you. Cheer up, bud. It's going to be okay. Just ignore everything we said earlier. We can't allow the crowd to decide what it is that we're going to do. We can't allow society to decide how we're going to, going to respond to Jesus because the crowd isn't always right. Most of the time you find in the Bible they're not. It's never wrong to cry out to Jesus. I don't care what anybody else says. No matter what you're going through, you can call on his name. And the people may, around may get upset. They may not understand your family, your friends, whatever. may not quite know what's going on, but Jesus is listening and he Amen. hears. Amen. In verse 50 it says, and, uh, and he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. And most of us know this, but blind beggars in those days, they had a, a special garment to let everyone know that they were a blind beggar. I don't know if they just kind of handed them out one day or how it worked, but they had these sort of different sort of clothing, that, that garment that, um, and they laid that in front of them on the street, um, kind of like, People would uh, put out a hat or a guitar case or whatever, and people would put their money there and, and all that. And, and um, when he threw this away, it says he cast his garment away. He was believing that he was going to be healed. 
and that his life would be changed. He was leaving them. Like Bartimaeus is blind. He throws that away. I don't know how easy it's going to be for him to find it if he's not healed. You know? He's believing that he's going to be healed, that his life is going to be changed. He's throwing away his money, his riches too, whatever little he had. He's throwing that all away. He laid down everything that made him who he was because he wanted to be changed by Jesus. There was no other reason for this to happen, for Bartimaeus to throw this garment away. There was no other reason for it to be mentioned in the story, especially in Mark's gospel. If you know anything about the gospel, Mark, it's the shortest book. He doesn't waste any words. He just runs through the stories. Some of the, verses, the stories are chapters long, and Mark's like, two verses, we're good. He didn't waste any words. He was... So for Mark to mention this, it's very important. There's no reason for him to do this unless he's expecting his riches, if you will. The little he has, his identity, his pride, it's already gone. If you have a label that's put on you by the world or by life, and you want Jesus to set you free from that, this is going to shake your, your world. But you need to lay it down. We cannot expect Jesus to deliver us until we're willing to let go of the thing we want to be delivered from. We'll ask him to deliver us from all sorts of things, but we'll keep holding on to it. God, deliver me from this bitterness. But I really like being angry at that person. God, deliver me from, from this thing, this worry, all this worrying, but you know, I... I don't know how to live without it. And we, 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 we struggle to let go of some of these things. Bartimaeus needed to let go of his blind beggar's identity before Jesus would heal and deliver him. And this is a problem with some of us today. We have taken the things that life has dealt us and we've made them into our identity. This is who I am. And it becomes incredibly personal. We'll see this with certain groups. This is who I am. And we're afraid to let go of it because we have no idea who we really are outside of it. If I let go of this, who am I? Bartimaeus was known as blind son of Timaeus, the son of Timaeus. He was a blind beggar. That's all he knew. He had no skills. He had no abilities. He had a loud voice. That's all he had going for him. And a determination. And boys, during those days, they'd apprentice for a job. Their father would teach them or someone else would teach them. They'd learn to be shepherds or carpenters or rabbis or fishermen or whatever from a very young age. And they'd grow up and do that. And they didn't switch. You kind of stayed in that um, profession. And then he would teach your sons and whatever. And Bartimaeus didn't have this option. He missed that boat. Who was going to take an old man and teach him new tricks? You know how hard that is? He wouldn't, he'd have to relearn everything. Seeing the world for the first time. Hey, Bartimaeus, go get the hammer. I don't know what a hammer looks like. Hey, Bartimaeus, go to this or go to that. I don't know what that is. Completely oblivious to all these things. You know, he, he didn't, there wasn't much he could do in this, this life so far. You know, he didn't have a job or a trade. All he knew how to do, all he knew to do was to sit and beg and yell really loud. 
But if he was going to be healed, all of this is going to be gone. I think sometimes we kind of forget that part of the, of the story. Part of me is he can't be a beggar anymore. He's going to have to learn a new job. His whole life is going to be changed. His source of income is going to be gone if he's healed. This is a big step. Everything he was going, uh, everything he was was going to have to change. And that can be a terrifying thought for us sometimes. We, we like the idea of surrendering to God. We like the idea of God working in our lives and doing these things. But when it comes to it, well, I don't know what to do without this. And it can hold us back from Jesus, from truly being set free, from truly being delivered, because this is all I have, this garment, this is who I am. I don't know anything else. I don't know how to not be like this. And we can be afraid of total surrender. We want to come to him, but we want to keep our old identity at the same time. We want to be healed, but still be a beggar. We want to be set free, but still keep our labels, because this is all we know. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We cannot come to Jesus and not change. That is the whole point. We need to be willing to let go of who we are and what we identify as if we're going to truly be changed. In verse 51, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. His faith in Jesus healed him. He chose to believe in Jesus, regardless of what the people around him said or what his status was and society or what his identity was or how people saw him. He made the choice. Beggars can be choosers. It doesn't have to be the way it's always been. You can choose to call on him today. You can choose to lay your problem down at his feet today. You can choose to be delivered today. You can choose to follow him completely with your whole heart today. Mercy is waiting. Deliverance is waiting. Healing is waiting. The choice is ours. And I've said this, I think just about every time I've preached about Bartimaeus, but when you read through the Gospels, you'll find that there are a lot of miracles. And a lot of the people who are, there's a lot of people who are healed and a lot of people come to Jesus and they get touched and healed and forgiven and all these things. And most of them we find are nameless. There's a woman caught in adultery. We don't get her name. There's a woman at the well. She's a pretty big deal. We don't find her name. There's a woman with the issue of blood. There's a ten lepers. There's a centurion. There's a deaf guy that's healed. There's a guy that's let down through the roof. There's friends. We don't find their names. There's a boy with the, the lunch that he gives. We don't find his name. All nameless people. And there's a lot more. We get the names of a few like Jairus, for example, because he was a well-known guy in the community. We get Nicodemus because he was a, you know, a Pharisee and, and Zacchaeus because he was a tax collector and he was a pretty big deal. Everyone knew what was going on. Um, you get Joseph of Arimathea. He was another well-known guy because they've got a position and the authors of the Gospels would have known that and known their names from that and all of that. But for the most part, a lot of the people that we find in the Gospels who receive these miracles, they are nameless. Why? Because they came, they got something from Jesus, and they went home. They learned on their way. 
But then there are others like Mary Magdalene, who was delivered of seven devils, and we know that she hung around for a, quite a long time. Then we have Bartimaeus, who's just a blind beggar on the side of the road, one of many beggars in, in those days, one of many people that Jesus healed from blindness. But we get his name, why? Because verse 52 says, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Amen. Remember how he said when Bartimaeus got rid of his beggar's garment? Now he needed something else to do. Be a carpenter, whatever. He needed something to do. He wasn't going to be a beggar anymore. He needed a new identity. Bartimaeus became a disciple of Jesus. He followed him in the way, it says. He joined the disciples. That's how we get his name. He became one of them. He joined the crew that was following Jesus. He hung around. He became one of them. I don't know if he was one of the 120 in the upper room or not, but I think it would have been pretty cool if he was. And Bartimaeus follows Jesus after this. He leaves that beggar's garment behind, and he follows Jesus. Jesus said, you're healed, go your way. And Bartimaeus chose to make his way Jesus' way. And he left his past and his identity behind, and he wholeheartedly became a disciple of Jesus and followed him in the way. He became a disciple and he kept following. And so the disciples, they get to know him, but they know his name. And so when they write the story, they have it. And Jesus said to Bartimaeus, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Bartimaeus, he had a revelation of who Jesus was. He's one of the only ones to know. A blind man saw him for who he was. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. This was the Messiah. This was the son of David. This was the master. Now he came across his path, and there was no way he was going to let him go. There was no way he was going to go back to his old town. No way he was going to go back to the old life. Something happened in Bartimaeus that day. Jesus said, go your way. He said, I'm going your way. I'm going to follow you. He wasn't leaving him. He started to follow Jesus because beggars can be choosers. So no matter what you're facing today, wherever you're at, I know most of us, we've been following him for a while, but there are things that come in our life and things that we need to get rid of. There are identities that we take on over time. There are garments we put on that we need to take off. Amen. From that moment, Bartimaeus became a disciple of Jesus. If I could do anything, if I could be anything, just be, to be a disciple of Jesus. Just want to follow him wherever he leads. You can take all the labels. I don't care if I'm a preacher. I don't care if I'm a pastor. I don't care if whatever. I just want to follow Jesus wherever he leads. That's what it's all about. And so tonight, I said I wasn't going to preach long, and I lied. I guess it was only 30 minutes. This morning was a lot longer. It felt long. Did it feel long to you? I don't know. We're going to pray. I was going to call out to Jesus. You know, some of us, we were going through some things. And we're trying to make that step. And whenever we do, the voices come. 
and tell us to stop and to be quiet. I wonder tonight if we can cry out all the more like Bartimaeus. Because God's got something for us. He's going to lead us where we need to go. But we need to lay some of these things down that have attached themselves to our lives. Some of these labels that we've picked up. Well, that's just who I am. It doesn't have to be that way. That's just just the life I've been given. Well, all things are made new with Jesus. Amen. The altar's open if you want to come. We're not going to tell you to be quiet. We're not going to tell you to go away. You can come. We'll pray with you. You can pray with us in your seat if you want. But let's just call on Jesus today. Wherever you're at, make that decision. I'm going to keep following him. Hallelujah.